It all started with a dream. This is so stupid! <laughs> In my whole life, <laughs> I got some things to say. I'm still slowly dying, but uh. hey, we all are. Good morning, Backrow Radio. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And you're streaming the Morning Side Hug. Completely loving, socially awkward, and decidedly Christian. We are a Backrow Morning Show exclusively on BackrowRadio.com. On today's show, churches are divided on re-entry plans. Plus the latest news, random facts, and more. But first, it's July 7th, and we have a holiday to celebrate. We do. Hey, do you know what happens one week from today? What? Oh, your birthday. Whoop, whoop! Your birthday. Oh, and you know what else? What? I have a gift for you. Am I opening it on air? Maybe. Depends on when it comes in. It might not be here by your birthday. The worst part. (laughs) 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 Oh, whatever. Fine. (laughs) Hey, one week from today is my birthday. Yay. You can send all gifts to Highland Baptist Church in Clovis, New Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) Care of Matt Coker. He'll get them to me. Um, Today is National Strawberry Sunday Day. Hot summer days call for a sweet, refreshing treat. National Strawberry Sunday Day is... That's hard hard to to say. say, (laughs) It's July 7th, and there is no better way to escape the summer heat than with this delicious dessert. There are many U.S. cities that still battle over claiming steak as the birthplace of this Sunday in the late 1800s, 1880s. But one thing is for sure, the Sunday is an American favorite. So I am not a fan of strawberry ice cream in general. Really? Unless there are no strawberries in it. I was going to say, you don't like the... extremely rare. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you have to get the absolute cheapest, like, Walmartist brand of... Not even Walmart. It's like the... The, the, the blue one below bunny. the no not even blue bunny it's the one below the Walmart brand the one that doesn't really have a brand name that you can't remember really come in those weird giant tubs that's the only oh, yeah. strawberry ice cream I found that doesn't have freeze dried strawberries in it yeah because I don't want them see and then the more expensive that you go with your ice cream you're you have like a huge section of not expensive but not cheap ice creams that have the freeze dried strawberries yeah. but then like haagen has actual frozen strawberry chunks really? that are in their ice cream. Mm. And I can't do it. No. I, it's like a, I don't know, like a gum size. You know the ice cube gums? Yeah. The little yeah. squares. Oh, goodness. That that's a, size. That's a of, big I, uh-huh. chunk. Yeah. Mm-mm. No, thank you. Yep. No, thank you, strawberry. <laughs> so if you're going to bring me a strawberry sundae, I need it to be that cheap, no fruit strawberry ice cream. Because then I love it. That's fair. Like they even do that in the Neapolitan. When people make Neapolitan, you got the normal vanilla, the normal chocolate, strawberry with fruit trunks, chunks in it. Why trunks? trunks fruit trunks. Fruit trunks. Why? Why do yeah, this I to me? <sighs> I will say that is one of the harder things to eat in an ice cream. <laughs> it just it feels like the. I've I've had different experiences with it where sometimes it feels like there's a bug that you're eating in the middle of your ice cream because it's too like crunchy and almost visceral because it's a strawberry, you know, freeze dried strawberry will have that weird texture. Yeah. 
Uh, other times it just feels like there's gum or something in it. It's just mm-hmm. super chewy and it mm-hmm. takes forever to to get through. It's like when we were eating that um, that Sour Patch Kids cookie <laughs> and you chew on it and the cookie part would disappear and the Gosh. Sour Patch stuff would still be there. It's like that. <laughs> Ice cream all melts and you so swallow that and you still got chunks of strawberry. Freeze-dried, not good, not fresh strawberry. No, thank you. are having chew through. <laughs> no, thank you. All right. Well, let's get political here with some news. Really? Uh, more un- uncomfortable stuff. Really what I'm going to be trying to prove with this uh, section here is we're kind of screwed here. With Great. The leaders we have. Great. So did you see? Did you see? What, Trump accidentally retweeted? No. Well, purposely retweeted, but didn't actually watch the whole video before he retweeted it. No. <laughs> he retweeted a video of, like, seniors. It's just, like the senior center, and these seniors were putting on this little parade kind of thing, rally-type deal in their golf carts driving along. And I'll have Trump 2020 on them, and there are some other seniors on the other side of them, like, yelling at them and all this. And uh, he tweeted out a thing, you know, thank you to the seniors of via whatever that live at this place for supporting Trump 2020. What he didn't catch in the video was that a couple of the people driving by supporting Trump 2020 were yelling out, white power. (laughs) Great. (laughs) And what makes it worse is that after he (laughs) tweeted this, he went a golfing. And he had set his phone down, didn't have it with him. And so he had aides and everybody trying to get a hold of him, trying to rush out to him. You've got to delete the street. So it was up there forever <laughs> until he finally got to it. I think it was about three hours it took them to get to him. So, of course, three hours on the Internet is an eternity where he had that as the top tweet on his page. I mean... <laughs> I just don't even know. Trump's Twitter habit is not doing him any favors. I don't understand why somebody didn't strongly advise him to delete his Twitter when he took office. Oh, I'm sure they did. I still don't. No, there is a way that you can strongly advise someone and they listen to you. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything anybody could strongly advise President Trump to do. Let me have a second look. <laughs> Somebody call Mo. <laughs> Trump is tweeting again. <laughs> Mo just comes in, crosses her arms, <laughs> stares, cocked head, <laughs> delete angry it. face. Delete it. Delete it now. now. <laughs> I will. <laughs> you don't want to know what I will do if you don't delete your Twitter this second, right now. You think you've got power? But uh, on, the, on the flip side, Biden's gaffes also continue. Uh, so you remember back when he was still kind of in the running with uh, Bernie Sanders a few mm-hmm. months ago. He, yeah. he uh, went on and said, gun violence has killed 150 million Americans in the last few years since Biden proposed some certain thing. That's, you know, nearly half of the population of America. And so Trump got a nice uh, joke in the morning, said about half of America woke up this morning to realize they died of gun violence overnight. Um, so, yeah, he got a little bit of flack from that. Not a lot. None of the mainstream media really wanted to call him out on that gaff. Yeah. Well, last weekend he went on TV and 
made the claim that 120 million Americans, about a little over a third of the country, has died from COVID-19. Died. Not just caught it. Died. Dead. So, after all the gun violence and all the COVID-19, there's only about 58 million of us left. That's here amazing. in 2020. So, I'm, it's going to be... We are su- survivors, Matt. <laughs> and with all these 58 million of us, these are our two presidential candidates. You know... <laughs> I still say, well-born for president. Well-born. Kevin Wellborn for president, y'all. Well-liked, <laughs> well well-loved, well-born. Well-born. <laughs> hey. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, that's America for you. This is 2020, y'all. It's just, it's, it's not going to get any better. It's not going to get any better. We got Hamilton, though. We got Hamilton. That's a little bit. It's a little bit better. A one ray of sunlight shining in. Mm. I will say, I know you still haven't seen it, but I will say that uh, I was glad that Hamilton was not like super one-sided or anything. Like I, I, I didn't see really anything in there that was overly liberal, overly conservative, and that was refreshing. Yeah. You know, because you don't have to like, well, I like this except for this part. You know, you don't have to be that way. That's which how you it have is to with do for everything. Almost everything now. Yeah. That's why you're talking about Babysitter's Club the, <laughs> the other day. I like this except. except for this big chunk right here that I have to pretend to ignore. I even had texted my my mom group of friends. We all have daughters that are right, all nine years old. They all have birthdays from December to April. So they're all right there together. And mm-hmm. they're all good friends. And so I texted that group of moms. And I was like, guys, the Babysitter's Club. I'm having a moment of nostalgia. And I'm like, I'm envisioning our girls in each one of the characters. Because our girls are all so different. But they they choose to be friends, mm. even through their differences, you know. So I was like, you guys have to watch it. That was episode one. You have to watch it. You have to see it. And then like two hours later, I texted and was like, no, just, don't watch just the it. First three. Just the first three and then stop. <laughs> don't watch it. You don't have to see it. Everything goes downhill in episode I four. I jumped the gun. I jumped the gun, everybody. Abort. Abort. Coming up later in the show, it's Tuesday Junk Foods Day. We'll be back with more right here on the Morning Side Hug. And back row radio. <laughs> you're listening to the Morning Side Hug. We hope you're enjoying our mix of music this morning on Back Row Radio. We'll be talking about new and upcoming junk food when we come back shortly. But first, turn with us to the salty sea section. country music group Florida Georgia Line to now be known as Central Michigan. This report from Brian G. Adams. Florida Georgia Line announced Friday that they will now go by the name Central Michigan. They join well-known country music groups Lady Antebellum and the Dixie Chicks in changing their names to reflect the changing political climate in the United States. 
Lady Antebellum recently announced that they will now simply be called Lady A, as no one could spell their name. I'm sorry, it implies that they want things the way they used to be before the Civil War. Similarly, the Dixie Chicks will now be called the Chicks, as Dixie is clearly racist, as it refers to dim, pesky southern states, whereas Chicks is only feminist. Singer and founding member Tyler Hubbard is quoted as saying, It's just not acceptable in today's world to be born and raised south of the Mason-Dixon line. Admitting that the duo has no real ties to Michigan, Hubbard said, We've been through there, and it's really nice. For more quote-unquote news, visit SaltyC.com, S-A-L-T-Y-C-E-E.com. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show here on BackRowRadio.com. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And let's kick off this section. I almost said segment, and I know you don't like that word. (laughs) With five random facts. You need to add that into the script somewhere. I did good yesterday. I just... Until it becomes... It's like a muscle memory. I have to be paying attention to it. Until it becomes (laughs) habit, you need to just put it in the script. Got it? Uh, Did you come up with a new uh, song yet Mm -mm, for the intro? See, I was trying to talk and just kind of ease my way into the facts as opposed to... (laughs) Here are our facts. (laughs) Welcome to facts. Facts Town, population, you. Here we go. Oh, uh, <laughs> the two parts of the word helicopter are not hella and copter, but helico, meaning spiral, and pter, meaning one with wings, like pterodactyl. <laughs> pterodactyl. <laughs> um, what you wear affects how you behave. This is called enclosed cognition. I totally believe this too. Really? Like there, there, there are certain like outfits, I guess, for lack of a better word, outfits that I'll wear that are, uh, you know, they they make me feel more professional, and I act more professional. But if I'm wearing like my ripped up jeans and my Homer Simpson woohoo T-shirt, I'm gonna be a nutball everywhere I go. You know what I mean? Everywhere I go. It was a VBS song. Uh, <laughs> I dress like a nutball. <laughs> in the Middle Ages, the word journey meant the distance one could travel in a day. At the time, that was only about 20 miles. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? A journey. You couldn't even make miles. it to Farwell. Like when I think journey, Mule I shoe. think. Couldn't make it to Muleshoe. I think like Lord of the Rings, you know. Them going to Mordor. That's what I think of when I think of journey. A journey. That in the band. Where are you journeying to today? <laughs> uh, if you place your feet into a plastic bag with a piece of garlic, you'll be able to both taste and smell the garlic after an hour. <laughs> like seeps into your body. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Tasting garlic through your feet? It's interesting enough to where I want to try it, but then it's also strange enough to where I don't. <laughs> I also don't want to have to explain myself to everybody who walks into the room during that hour. Right? What are you doing? Ziploc bag over your foot with a... Is that a clove of garlic? <laughs> what are you doing? Mind your business. <laughs> That's all. It's science. <laughs> you alone. <laughs> And lastly, the space between your eyebrows is called the glabella. Mm-hmm. Don't let your glabella get fuzzy, because then you'll have a unibrow. 
Yep. <laughs> Sounds gross. Facts. Glabella. Your Glabella. All right, it is Junk Food Tuesday, y'all. We got news for you on the junk food front. These are new or upcoming uh, junk foods that are either in stores now or on their way. Uh, speaking of on their way, we already got stuff for Christmas. We talked about that last mm-hmm. week. Uh, the next one that we've got is Fruit Loops flavored candy canes. This is weird to me. So Fruit Loops has like such a distinct flavor, and I usually tie it with the texture. Like even when you get like I don't know Fruit Loop milkshake from Burger King or a Fruit Loop anything else, I guess. It's always that crunchy texture that you're expecting. So to have it in like a candy cane? Yeah, I can. I so know. I can only eat Fruit Loops dry. Yeah. That's the only way that I like Fruit Loops. I think Loops. that's the best way. Yeah. yeah. I and That and, and Apple Jacks too. Yeah. The cinnamon. I agree. Apple cinnamon one. I, for the first few years of my life, I grew up with my grandparents, and I like one of my earliest memories is of my grandmother giving me Fruit Loops in a bowl with milk, and I hated it. Really? I Just hated, the presence of milk changed it. Yes. Yes. But this was back when you know. I mean, they still have them, but it's not as common anymore. I don't think. But the little snacks or individual portions. Yeah, the little boxes. Cereal. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, they do still have them, but yeah, they're definitely not. I don't as think that they're as popular prevalent. as they were yeah. when we were, you know, young kids. But anyway, I would grab it. I would grab the thing of Fruit Loops and just eat out of the box. And so I know that's why she gave me Fruit Loops that right. morning she because you love them. Yeah, but not with milk. Did you ever do the 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 bowl trick with those old boxes, those little boxes? No. Like they even started like perforating the box where you could open up the middle of it, kind of like a book right in the middle of it, tear a hole in the plastic bag and just pour the milk right there and the box itself would become a bowl. It was a lot more trouble than it was worth, but it was cool to do at least once. Interesting. <laughs> So I can I just say I have a really difficult time because you know people eat like um, uh, Frito pie out of the the individual oh, bags yeah. of Frito. I have a difficult time doing things like that because yeah, that's weird. The bag, I'm even though I'm getting the food out of the bag right. and I'm not cleaning it or sanitizing <laughs> it or anything like that, it's just still something about a germ from the outside of the bag is going to jump in there. I don't know. No, I, but I get it. Yeah. And I, I understand. I have that exact same feeling, even though it does not make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way we can defend what yeah. <laughs> our thought process there. But but yeah, it does feel dirtier. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know where this box has been and all the hands it touched in the factory. And... I don't know. Uh, keeping with cereal here, we have a new Minecraft-themed cereal coming out called Creeper Crunch. The cinnamon flavored cereal with creeper bit marshmallows. It look like square cube marshmallows. So it's cinnamon toast bit. crunch. But it's yeah, well, it's, yeah. Well, it's not toast. It's little weird squared O's. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. But it just being cinnamon be flavored good. cereal made me think like more of the cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it would be kind of closer to maybe Apple Jacks. Okay. Just without the heavier apple flavor. Okay. Know, that kind of, but yeah. Cinnamon, Cinnamon toast. Cinnamon toast crunch, I think, has a, such a distinctive flavor because there's actually 
like powdered cinnamon oh. in the thing, which isn't typically the case with cinnamon like flavored cereals. Yeah, it's cinnamon toast crunch is good. That's my second favorite cereal ever, yeah. hands down. Frosted Mini Wheats is my first, but both of them Frosted because Mini. you can let it sit. It doesn't matter how long they sit in milk. It just gets better the longer <laughs> it's in the milk. I don't agree with that with the Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Really? No, I oh. have to get that while it's crunchy. No. Um, gosh. Yeah, that's a good cereal. But what's my favorite cereal? Banana Nut Crunch from Post. That stuff's dang good. That's like grown-up cereal. It, do, it is grown-up cereal, but it is dang good. <laughs> I had that when I was a kid. It's so good. All right, let's see here. Next up, still in the cereal territory, Fruit Loops coming out with a new flavored box called uh, Fruit Loops Tropical. Now, general Fruit Loops all taste the same. Am I wrong? Like I don't know. Original... I don't like Fruit Loops. <laughs> We already discussed this. I'm not a fruit. I'm pretty fan. sure they're, they're not like flavored as fruit. I don't think like that they are. Flavors. But these ones are. These fruit these tropical fruit loops are flavored as pineapple, banana, orange, and mango. So I don't feel like it would be the same kind of fruit loops experience. It would be a strange Well, no, it would be a tropical land. experience. Strange land. Jeez. Tropical land. Uh, Hostess is coming out with s'mores flavored cupcakes, which I'm not sure. I don't know if the the breading is going to be like graham flavored or something. Yeah, I don't know. A marshmallowy filling I can get. Chocolate. Chocolate on top. Obviously, yeah. But I, I guess I, it would have to be like a graham infused cake part. I guess so. Maybe. Uh, Papa John's. Ooh, I love Papa John's. <laughs> I know. Papa John's is so good, and it's not here anymore, and it makes me sad every time I think about it. I agree. We had one here, and it was so good. It was so nice. Uh, Papa John's coming out with a new shakaroni pizza. It is a large, extra large pepperoni pizza, foldable, extra cheese, extra pepperoni, uh, because apparently Shaq actually owns a franchise. Oh, really? Papa John's somewhere. Shaq is back. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Starbucks Impossible Breakfast Sandwich. Did we talk about the Burger King one last week? Burger King uh, Impossible Sausage Sandwich. I don't know if it was last week, but it's been... We have talked about it. In the in the recent okay. recordings. So this is another one from Starbucks. Um, but I have seen... I've been looking at like reviews of this now. Of both the Burger King one and the Starbucks one. And they are off the charts. Yeah? Like everyone's saying this is... The best breakfast sandwich they've ever had. Interesting. Which I still haven't tried any of the impossible things. <laughs> I won't try this because I don't like sausage and it's still going to have a sausage flavor. That's what you said about but, the Burger King one. Yeah, but it really makes me want to go try the impossible like Whopper or whatever now. It's I just, good. I got to try it. I keep... I. I'm yes. just so nervous. Before next week, you have to try I the know. Impossible Whopper. I'm just so nervous. You want to know why I'm nervous? Because Burger King came out with a BK veggie burger or something like 10 years ago, and they might still have it. But I tried that, and I took one bite of it, and I nearly vomited. I'm like, how does anybody replace – how does anybody think this tastes anything like a burger? See, and I don't – I really did not even notice a difference. I don't know if it's because the taste of, like – what I love about a Burger King burger is the charbroiled yeah, taste. Yeah, that's the only reason I would go there. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, I feel like I can smell it right mm-hmm. now. It's <laughs> it's such a good memory. It is. <laughs> and I think, I mean, they just do a really good job of replicating that in the Impossible Whopper. Yeah. That char broil. Okay. Man, all right. I'm going to have to try it. Man, see, and we're having crawfish tonight for dinner, and now all that I want is a burger. <laughs> Uh, and crawfish is like that's one of your favorite things. It right? is the crawfish boil. We're having crawfish and crab. <laughs> but now and you'd settle for a cheap Burger King. Uh huh. <laughs> I specifically asked Chris if we could do that tonight for dinner, and he's like, "Yeah, sure." Went and got all the stuff, and now I want to go home and be like, "Can we say that just for come, another day?" Just come in with a Whopper bag already, and just like this is just a snack. <laughs> 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 it's just tying me over until dinner that's all <laughs> hey it, it's 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 never a bad time for a burger snack you know? all right <laughs> uh what's happening right now at dairy queen which you know i'm not supposed to be having like sugar and stuff but i'm i might give in just this one time yeah because it is a dairy queen's nestle drumstick blizzard this will have nuts, it'll have uh, caramel chocolate, and it'll have chocolate-covered cone pieces in it, so the cone will stay crunchy. Oh, man. So I'm, sounds that, great. Yeah, it does sound, it sounds really good. <laughs> Lucky you, there's a Dairy Queen right there next is. to where we're recording currently. Right? That's been a blessing and a curse for all 21 years that I've been here. There's a Dairy Queen directly next door yep. to this church. <clears throat> they're very nice over there too they give our church stacks of like free ice cream cone coupons to give away to like for birthdays or mm-hmm. for anything else very nice people over there give that a try uh going back to pizza here red baron which i don't really care for their frozen pizzas Ooh, but really? it is one of the top brands yeah, yeah I've, I had them them. Befo- I've had them before and i've just never enjoyed them but I also like I like Tony's pizza, which yeah. is the garbage pizza. <laughs> I like the Tony's pizza. Do you like Tony's? But the Red Baron, hmm. See, our school used to do Red Baron individual pizzas. Yeah. The, the little individual. That was the, the pizza day. Uh-huh, thing. that you could toast if you wanted. And so maybe that's why I like them so okay. much. Takes well, me back to high school. Out, they're coming out with pizza melt sandwiches now. A pepperoni, a supreme, and a four cheese, like panini style pizza sandwich. Interesting. Uh, one of the one of the earlier things that I remember from dating Daedra is that they had a sandwich maker, and this was the first time I'd ever experienced one of those sandwich maker things, sandwich press things. Did it do it in a triangle? Yeah, the, yeah. it makes it into little triangles. <gasps> and she said, "Let's have some pizza sandwiches." I'm like. What is a pizza sandwich, and why haven't I had 11 of them already? Right. She b- built this thing, just white bread, slice of mozzarella cheese, a little sauce, pepperoni, especially right down the crease uh-huh. where it's going to, oh my gosh. I know. One of the best things on the planet. That was my everyday after school oh. snack. When I came home from school, my yeah. mom would have it ready for me. <laughs> and you got to save that little crease in the middle part for the very end with the, oh, I want one of those now, too. So that was one of the things when we got married. That was one of the things that I put on our registry was a sandwich maker like mm-hmm. that because, you know, my childhood. And my, yeah. I thought for sure that I would make them for my kids. I ain't never made those for my kids. 
That thing is up in the back of one of our kitchen cabinets. <laughs> I have never pulled it down. I think we have one. I just don't know. That's the thing. Yeah. Why was it so... <laughs> it was such a big deal. Yeah. And then, you know, just didn't happen. One thing we did make a lot of, though. We didn't. We got a sandwich maker for, for our wedding anniversary. We also... Or for our wedding ceremony mm -hmm. but we also got a quesadilla maker yeah we used that a lot for those first five years of our marriage really we were making quesadillas all the dang time including a lot of pizza quesadillas yeah uh, so i guess that's why we never got into the habit of using the sandwich maker <laughs> we we're like eh, let's make a quesadilla instead that's fair but uh yeah it's good stuff yeah chris just pops two tortillas with sliced cheese not even shredded cheese sliced craft cheese put like torn into little pieces <laughs> into a microwave for 45 seconds and that's our quesadilla chris he loves it <laughs> i when we were dating that we <laughs> we were at his parents house and i was hungry he was like hey i'll make you a quesadilla okay great great I had always used a frying pan and butter and shredded cheese. And so I'm thinking I'm about to have a for real quesadilla. No. I get this soggy, soggy nasty. but chewy on the edges. <laughs> That's what the microwave does. <laughs> and without even being taught, Cannon does it now. Oh man. He I don't he may have seen. Look, Chris I'm not gonna do it at I'm not gonna say I've never thrown my quesadilla in the microwave when I needed to get it done quick, but I still at least use like shredded cheddar cheese and I try and not like cook it to where it's going to get all chewy and gross. And, but even then I'm like, yeah, next time I need to use the frying pan. Yeah. <laughs> nope. I do the frying pan and I even like put a lid on top of it. So, so that, that it steams a little. Yeah. It steams just a little bit. Keeps it a little bit hmm. moister. Is that a word? It's too close to moisture. You know what I'm saying? Mo can't look at me because she doesn't like that word. I hate that word. <laughs> and you're not only saying it, but you're... Talking about it. <laughs> it's only because you make such a big deal about it. Okay, so this is the next, the last one that I have here. And this might be the coolest or grossest one. Stouffer's Mac on Tap. It is a pourable mac and cheese in a dispenser... Similar to those chili dispensers or nacho cheese dispensers you see in the gas station for their hot dogs or whatever. <laughs> to be poured over pizza, hot dogs, giant pretzels, nachos, whatever you got. <laughs> a pourable mac and cheese that comes out of a dispenser. A so dispenser. much like the Ziploc bags of garlic on your feet. <laughs> This is one of those things where it sounds disgusting. <laughs> it sounds so gross. But for science purposes. But <laughs> interesting enough to where I may have to try it. But I don't think I'm going to tell anybody that I'm trying it. Because <laughs> I think it's nasty. Yeah. I don't know. I think it has potential. I don't know how the noodles will fare. Being like a part of this thing, but I think it has potential. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> like I'm getting goosebumps and 
Like, I have never thought to myself at a gas station. Like, I've had gas station hot dogs before. I've never thought to myself, I'm going to pour some of this rancid, hot, chili mess that's been sitting in this thing for forever on my hot dog. Never no, had that No, but I thought. will do the nacho cheese. Yeah, but I'll do the nacho cheese. That's what I was about to say. And so this feels like it's close enough to that that I'd try it for sure. And it could be good. Could be even better. So... It's the macaroni that really is like. <laughs> like, how are they going to do this? I don't know. All right. It is time. It is time for our taste test. Today we are doing another Smart Sweets. Last week we tried the Starburst ripoff of Smart Street. Uh, Smart Sweets. Smart it's Sweets. so hard to say that. Smart Sweets. Uh, so they, did, Smart. they were called Sweet Shoes. Sweet. Today Sweet. we're doing the, uh, the Sour Patch Kid ripoff. These are called Sour Blast Buddies. So again, for those of you who don't remember, this whole bag is three grams of sugar. Uh, the bag itself is 50 grams of candy. It's a good size bag. It's a good snack bag. 1.8 ounces of this stuff. Um, these are sour. These are plant-based. They are free from sugar alcohols. They're made with allulose, allulose. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's a big deal. Gluten-free, non-GMO, free from sugar alcohols, women-owned company. Uh, these are certified vegan as well. My teeth are already hurting. Right. <laughs> so I'll let Mo open this here. Sour Blast Buddies. So we are filming this, if you're listening on audio, we are filming this for our Patreon donors. They get to watch us experience these things and see our faces. So if you want to check that out, donate even a dollar a month to our Patreon by going to backrowradio.com slash partner. All right, so what do they look? Now, the packaging last week was misleading because they all kind of look like earwax, but well, the colors were very vibrant on the packaging. So the packaging this week, there's only two colors in here. So immediately I thought, or on here, oh, no, there's, on the packaging. There's, there's, a, there's a yellow as well on the other side. But there. it blends in. It How are you even going to see that? <laughs> Anyway, I immediately only thought that there were two colors, but there is actually red, green, yellow, blue, and orange. Oh, really? And are here. they vibrant? Let me see here. Well, what do you know? Okay. Now I know they don't use um, they don't use artificial coloring, so to make them relatively brightly colored, that's much better than the earwax shoes. Right, so you're going for the red and the blue. Red and blue. Right, now I they okay. The... So they're smaller than a Sour Patch Kid. They're also a little thicker though. It looks like they're not as dense. Like a Sour Patch Kid is a gummy, but it's it's oh, almost like a oh, hard yeah. gummy. Ooh, the green looks gross. All right, I'm trying the red one. All right, here we go. It is like a yeah, like a hard gummy. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got the yellow one in. Red one is not bad. Yellow one starts off pretty nice. Tastes like lemon. The red one is cherry for sure. Yeah. Mm hmm. And it's good. The lemon one's good. I am not hating it. Okay. All right, blue. I don't know what green is. Hmm. I can't place what green is. But it's good. Is it sour apple? It doesn't taste like sour apple. Is it lime? It doesn't taste like... It might be lime. 
But that might just be the lemon that was already in my mouth now. They're sour, though. Uh-huh. They're dang sour. But they're good. They're very good. I'm impressed. The, Especially I, given last week's yeah. failure. <laughs> blue is obviously blue raspberry, and it was Ugh. way more sour than cherry. Yeah. But it was good. I hate blue raspberry. So I got the orange in right now, too. So here's the thing. I do kind of have that filmy aftertaste Yeah. in the back of my throat. That that same weird aftertaste that we had with the yeah, but Starburst chews. I feel like if you were sitting down at a movie and you were just going to be eating all these, you wouldn't really notice that until the end anyway, yeah. the end of the bag. And then you got, you know, popcorn or soda or whatever to yeah. wash it down. This I'm, is doable. Yep. These are doable. These I actually really, really like good. them. I'm impressed. Shoot. These are going to be finished. Yeah. Smart sweets. All right. Stay away from the sweet chews. Don't get their Starburst ripoffs, but get the Sour Blast Buddies. They're yummy. My gracious. Do they have any other? Yeah, they have, um, there are apple rings. There are, um. Did you try an orange one? I tried an orange one. It was very good as well. They have apple rings. They have Swedish fish, which I don't like Swedish fish. What? (laughs) The face you made. That's was, yummy. That the one? Yeah, the orange one's wow. really good, too. Very good. Uh, and then they have, what's the other one? Oh, they have gummy bears. Um, regular and sour gummy bears as I well. I bet you the gummy bears would be good. Yeah, I, I'm, I am more enthused now to try the other ones. Yeah. Given this, because mm-hmm. that was extremely good. That extremely was good. good. I'm excited. <laughs> Finally, our first positive taste test. <laughs> Goodness gracious, we needed a win. Yay! Go try those, everybody. Yeah. All right, well, coming up later in the show, churches are becoming battlegrounds over little things like masks. We'll be more. We'll be more. (laughs) Right here. (laughs) On the Morning Side Hug. Good grief. We'll be back with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. Morning Side Hug here on Backwell Radio, sharing your time with the best mix of Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie. Coming up next, how to handle differing opinions on masks and more in churches. But first, here's your Critical Hit with Hector Mira. Hey everybody, welcome to Critical Hit. I'm Hector Mira with Faith and Fandom, and I just wanted to share a quick thought with you. Like much of the world that wasn't able to pay hundreds of dollars for theater tickets in the past, I watched Hamilton for the first time this weekend, and we had a blast. And we did a drive-in movie theater in my front yard, and it it was just a good experience. When it was all said and done, though, my seven-year-old looked at me and said, well, was that a real person? And I was like, yeah, Hamilton was totally a real person. I doubt he rapped, but, you know, he was real, sweetheart. And, you know, that's the thing. I don't expect a seven-year-old to have learned about Hamilton already in school, but in real honesty... I don't remember learning about Hamilton in school myself. And if I'm super honest, I don't know much about Hamilton other than what I learned in that musical, except that there was a 1993 Got Milk commercial where it was a quiz thing about who shot Alexander Hamilton and the dude said, because his mouth was full of peanut butter. You should go look it up on YouTube. It's pretty cool. Um, But literally, I only knew Aaron Burr shot Alexander Hamilton because of a Got Milk commercial. But the deal is, he did important things that did shape the country in a lot of powerful ways. But 
you know that's the thing we don't pay attention to the people that don't get the loudest fanfare throughout our history you know the bible is no different there are people all throughout the bible who have done crazy important things that we don't pay attention to because they're not the ones that get veggie tale episodes or sunday school lessons and stuff like that and you know hamilton should be a spotlight to show us there are important stories if we do the work of actually digging it up. You know, Hebrews 11 is this document, you know, this statement about all these people whose faith was so important and powerful. And in verse 32, he says, And what more shall I say? I do not have time to, talk, to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets. You know, the writer of Hebrews lists this dude Barak and Jephthah on the same breath of Samson and David and Samuel. I don't know who these people are. I have a Bible degree and I don't know who they are. I need to look that up. But what this should show us is that there is depth and things we can learn from these people if we take the time to actually study God's word and learn more than we actually know now. Faith and Fandom is a ministry of outreach and encouragement to geek culture. You can connect with us at Faith and Fandom, Finding God in Geek Culture on Facebook. We have several books of geeky Bible studies and devotionals, a metric ton of memes, are present and active at dozens of Comic-Cons each year, and have multiple podcasts, including Love Thy Nerds Pull This Podcast, which I co-host. I'm Hector Welcome back Mirai. to the Morning Absolutely. Side Hook, a Back Row Morning Show, here on BackRowRadio.com. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And, uh, whew, it's a, it's a time we're having here at churches. I don't... Listen, there was a time where you were giving me the script <laughs> the night before, and then I there was a short long. amount of time where I weighed in on the weekly topics. You, you, for like most of the last month, most of our topics have been from your brain. This week, I just didn't consult you. <laughs> I don't know that I want to cover this one. <laughs> I mean, it's a thing that's happening in the world that we kind of have to. <laughs> also, it's the only thing we have for the prep, so. That's fine. <laughs> um... <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so here's the setup, everybody. A lot of places around, a lot of states around this uh, great country of ours have seen slight spikes in infections for COVID-19. Not necessarily deaths. Deaths are still going down. But infections have risen up, which I feel like a lot of us said, yeah, that's going to happen. Like we knew that was going to happen before any of this started. Yeah, you open up yeah, your communities. It's, gonna, it's a natural thing that has to happen but anyway everyone's freaking out mm -hmm. and so a lot of states are now mandating like really mandating like forcefully mandating you got to wear a mask at all time at all places even ridiculous things like you know outdoors in a park you have to wear a mask go to the beach you have to wear a mask and so states are starting to like sit even like cities that were against enforcing masks before they're starting to all right fine we'll enforce it and even our governor here in new mexico who the initial mask uh thing you know said we'll uh we we encourage masks at all these certain places we, you know we should be wearing masks masks are required but even then she said required but most places aren't going to enforce that she said it was even it was going to be enforced by just strong peer pressure 
want everybody to just say, yes, please wear masks. Everybody be in agreement. That was essentially the whole thing. Well, now she's come out with, no, we will enforce this. We will uh, fine you $100 if you're caught not wearing one in a place you should be. And if you're inside a business, you'll get fined and the business owner will get fined. And if it happens enough time in a business, the business could be charged with some sort of like misdemeanor thing. Like it's a nutball kind of authoritarian nonsense stuff, which the governor has not really been guilty of yet, in my opinion, mm-hmm. up until this point. And even then, I don't think that's – I really don't know how how enforceable it really is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's only some, so many police officers and a lot of businesses. <laughs> I, I think w- – the one thing that I've had the hardest time with is um, her being so adamant about not gathering for the past weekend, you know, for the holiday weekend. Yeah. Just so you will not gather for 4th of July mm-hmm. and celebrate. And that is like, if there is not anything more, one, un-American, and two, like taking away our freedom. Yeah. <laughs> on on the day we celebrate our freedom, you better stay in your dang house. Do you know what I mean? I arrest you. <laughs> I've had a really difficult time wrapping my head around it. And you yeah. were talking about how it was very authoritative. I follow her on Facebook. I don't know why I follow her on Facebook, but I follow <laughs> her on Facebook. And the day after her press release, she released a comment on Facebook that said, okay, ready? Read it. Want schools to reopen safely? Wear a mask. Want businesses to be able to safely operate? Wear a mask. Want fall sports to return? Wear a mask. Want the economy to rebound? Wear a mask. Want to save lives? Wear a mask. Care about your neighbors and family? Wear a mask. It was so like... Yeah. That's how I would speak to my children almost. Right. It's to the point where we are convincing ourselves that the mask is the cure. Yeah. When really most of the masks that any of us are wearing, like the ripped up T-shirts and handkerchiefs and whatever, are maybe maybe like I think it's 10 to 14% better Mm -hmm. than nothing at all. Yeah. Which is, it's not, you know, nothing. It might be worth it for that little bit of extra security, but it's definitely not like the cure-all that's going to solve everything. And in fact, there might not be, you know, we might not get a vaccine. Mm -hmm. It is a coronavirus, which is a cold. Colds don't have vaccines. We've been looking for a cure for the common cold for as long as I've been alive and longer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Flu does have a vaccine. We still lose 65,000 people a year to it. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know what, what everybody in government is thinking is supposed to happen. I Yeah. But essentially the only thing that we can really do is keep the vulnerable people quarantined, let the healthy people go out, knowing that there's a little bit of a risk that we will have an outlier of somebody who's completely healthy who will have a bad reaction. Mm-hmm. You know, but those are very, very rare in younger cases who don't have, you know, Im- you know, immunal problems or whatever. Right. And uh, let us develop the the herd immunity on our own because that's Mm -hmm. the only other way that we can get it if there's no vaccine then that's the only other way we can get it truthfully this can't keep going on like this where we are 
let out a little bit of time. Okay, brought back in when the numbers go up. The numbers yeah. have to go up. That's the only way they can go. They can't go down to the point where the virus just disappears on its own. Yeah, that's, that's not that's going never to happen. Gonna happen. Never. So that is, of course, bleeding into our churches. And this Sunday back, uh, even our church here, we're having this debate of, do we put up signs that say masks are required? We have signs that say masks are requested. We even have masks here for anybody that wants to get one, like disposable masks. But we know that there are several people in our church who 100% absolutely will not wear a mask. Yeah. And I have noticed as Sundays have gone on, less and less people are wearing them on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. which I don't know how safe that is. I feel like it's a little bit better, especially if we're like singing or whatever, to have that mask on because yeah. it'll catch some of the spittle. But still, you know, we're staying six feet apart. That's supposed to be the biggest help of, you know, mm-hmm. you're not in the spray range. Yeah. So just stay away from people. And, but yeah, we're, we don't know exactly what we're going to do if we're going to have to enforce, if we're going to have to turn people away at the door if they refuse to put one on, mm-hmm. which at that point, that makes us the bad guy, mm-hmm. you know? It's not... We can't just like, well, the governor said, I mean, like, we're in a city that is largely conservative in a very liberal, democratic uh, state. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of our people are like, you know, we're not going to we're not going to enforce that. Like we're in a corner of the state where a lot of our communities uh, in this area are that way. And a lot of them have come out. Even the police department's come out saying, yeah, we're not going to enforce it. It's not a law. It's a mandate. We can't arrest you or fine you for that. Mm -hmm. And... uh, just the only question mark is, well, we do have state police. Mm-hmm. Those are run by the state. Mm-hmm. So are they going to just start walking in on church on churches on Sunday morning and be like, well, fine, 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 fine. The whole place is shut down. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's a dangerous area. Uh, and aside from the law aspect, aside from the like legal, if we're going to get fined or whatever. The main the main problem, I think, is between the people in our churches that are 100% against masks and 100% in favor of masks. Yeah. Like, both of whom are to the point where they're saying one is killing the other. Mm-hmm. I have to wear a mask, I'm breathing in all my CO2 and I'm going to die, which is an overreaction. And if I don't wear a mask, I'm going to kill all of my extended family, which is also an overreaction. <laughs> but that is happening in a lot of churches. Mm-hmm. And I mean, have you seen that at your church at all? <laughs> like we haven't had confrontations here yet, but I feel like if it's going to happen, it's going to happen this Sunday. <laughs> um. So, no, there haven't definitely have not been confrontations. And we have a much larger congregation than. Yeah, your, your, your church your is church. quite large. Um, and so I've honestly been very surprised that there haven't been confrontations. Now, people have their opinions. Um, you know, I have a good friend who is of the opinion that we should have been wearing masks from the get-go because it was encouraged and because it was encouraged by our local government. And we as Christians are biblically encouraged to follow your local leadership, mm-hmm. you know, that we should have been doing our Christian duty, if you will. Yeah. And following along the guidelines and i get that i do see that that side of it you know um we get as christians we get called hypocrites all the time anyway 
you know, our intentions are always questioned. Mm -hmm. And so I think that having such a firm stance against the government is really mucky water to tread through. And it's it's a bit different for us, at least lately. What do you mean? Well, like, we've had, you know, with with more Republicans in power, we've we've not seen a lot of conservatives going against, yeah, you know, government recommendations lately, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, so it feels like it feels like we shouldn't have to be doing this right now is the mode of thinking that yeah. people are having, yeah. And so, you know, churchgoers are upset about it too. <laughs> Guess is what I'm saying. Nobody's happy. Yeah. Nobody's ever happy. Well, then. <sighs> This past weekend, the youth group, um, every Friday night, the youth group gets together for something, some sort of themed hangout, which I'm super excited about. I'm so thankful that throughout the summer, the youth group is able to get together. Yeah. You know, it's it's really necessary. But they put out a little blurb on the their Facebook page saying, this is what's going to be expected with the new guidelines and mandates. This is what's going to be expected. Your student needs to be wearing a mask. The people who will be serving them food will have gloves and masks. Everything will be prepackaged, you know, this and that, blah, 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 just listing it out, making it very clear. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I noticed that one of the parents, um, which this person has very strong opinions anyway, <laughs> one of the parents, one of those people, uh huh, one of the parents <laughs> had commented and was like, you know, it's more un safe for my children to be outside in the heat wearing a mask than what it would be for them to not be wearing the mask and breathing in potentially the virus and she just went on and on and on about how I will not be enforcing my child to wear their masks and this and that and blah 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 and then later on afterwards she commented made on her own personal page made a comment about how her kids got out of the car with their masks on, came back to the car before she left and said, nobody else is wearing the masks. I don't have to wear mine and throw them in the car. To which I responded and said, my boys did in fact wear their masks. There are multiple pictures of them wearing their masks. The only time they were not was when they were being active or eating. And it's a youth event. So those two things are going to take up at least 85% of the time there. <laughs> so to me, it was a matter of why are we going to throw a fit about something that maybe 15% of their time is going to be yeah. involving them wearing a mask, whereas there's there's a way around them not having to wear that mask. Right. You know, if they're playing a game, if they're outside running around doing an active sport of some sort, you know, volleyball, um, Pumpkin ball, which apparently is the best game ever. Pumpkin ball? You play baseball with a volleyball. Ooh. Best game ever, apparently. I like that idea. Um, And then they were eating s'mores and hot dogs all night. If you're being active or you're eating or drinking, we've been told we don't have to wear our masks. Right, right, right. And it's a youth event, people. So come on. <laughs> so that has been my biggest thing. So essentially, like, while they're listening to whatever small devotional they have, they have to wear a mask. And, and while they watch the fireworks, which lasted all of 10 minutes. Wow. And after the sun went down, so it wasn't blistering hot, your kid was not going to die of a heat stroke by wearing a mask <laughs> at 9 o'clock at night. Well, see, there, there's a lot of those, those people that are coming out with, you know, oh, you're breathing in so much of your own CO2 when you wear these. And like, 
maybe that would be a, a deal with like the N95 masks. So right. it's really thick, like you're actually mm-hmm. filtering air. But there have been, we I've seen videos and, and documentation of like people with asthma putting on three of mm-hmm. those masks, those, those cloth disposable mm-hmm. masks, and then checking their oxygen intake. And it's at like 98%. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not that big of a difference that it's really going to affect you. Now, there are people that get like panic attacks and mm-hmm. claustrophobia, and yes. that I get. Yeah. But at that point, you're just going to have to regulate where you are exactly. because that's a personal issue. So that's something that I've had to struggle <laughs> with. You know, the first mm-hmm. time that I wore a mask inside of Lowe's, had a panic attack. Yeah, I, that's right. I have issues with claustrophobia, have my entire life. So, and that wasn't even something that I considered with wearing a mask until I was in Lowe's and, you know. You don't see that coming up. Yeah. Had that moment. So since having to wear a mask every time that I'm in a situation and I start to feel my heart rate start to go up, what do I do? I I walk away from anybody. I go to a place where, you know, I'm just by myself. I pull the mask down and I take in a couple deep breaths. It's easy. Yeah. It's, it's just, easy. It's all uncomfortable. All of this is uncomfortable. None of us like it, but we have to try and get along. This isn't overarching as like some sort of persecution. Yeah. And it's not. <laughs> there's. A, it's really fun and really sad to look up like all the New World Order conspiracy theories mm. that are going around. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, until they're actually implanting microchips into my skin forcefully, I'm not going to say this is the end times. Right. <laughs> We're having to wear masks, guys. Just, yeah. they, they've been doing that in China for a long time or Japan or wherever it is for China. a long time. Is yeah. it China? It is it's China. China. Uh, and it's just, by the way, Christianity's thriving in China, exponentially growing much better than here in America. And they can't even really go to church in China. So you want to talk about persecution? Maybe that's a question you should ask. Jaina. Like, I can't. <laughs> I just. That's a whole other topic. Let's not get into the persecution angle. Right. It's just one of the things that you learn as a parent in the early years is to pick your battles. Yeah. You know, not everything has to be a fight. Not everything <laughs> needs to have us sit them down and have this long, drawn out conversation of this is why you should do this and you shouldn't. Do-. No, you pick your battles. Right. You know, one, for your own sanity. And two, if you're constantly just going at them, going at your kids over something, they tend to drown you out. Yeah, that's true. There's going to come a time where they're going to stop listening. <laughs> it becomes becomes routine. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh-huh, Love okay, people, whatever. whatever. Da, da, da. <laughs> okay, the same is true as Christians with the world. We've got to stop fighting over absolutely everything and making it a religious debate, mm-hmm. you know, or it's making... It's essentially crying wolf. Yeah. A lot. We're crying wolf a lot with persecution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are. And then there's going to come a time where there's going to be a big deal. There's going to be a, a big issue, a big topic that we really do need to take a stance on. But what have we done? We have made everyone completely deaf to everything right. that we have to say because for so many stinking generations, we've cried and whined and thrown a fit about everything else. Mm-hmm. They don't want to hear us anymore. Yep. That's exactly the case. So here are a couple um, ideas 
okay. uh, guidances. And this comes from factsandtrends.net. It is an article entitled Three Principles for Guiding a Divided Church Through Reentry. It is by Brian Boyles. Uh, and I'm not reading the whole article. I'm just hitting some of the high points here. So the first, um, the first guideline he has here is be politically invisible. Said church leaders know there's going to be division in their congregations during a presidential election year. Uh, and so when it comes to our tight circles of friends and our families, easiest for, it's easy for us to talk about our least favorite politician or to pontif- pontificate, goodness, I can't talk, pontificate about what the anchor uh, of a certain news story network says. Uh, it's all politics. But currently during this situation, it seems like politics is being discussed in church more than ever Mm -hmm. uh, because it's all headed up by this and what's going to come next. Um, So the idea with churches is that we should be politically invisible, discourage staff from talking about anything publicly about politics. Uh, If we emphasize politics, our theology and the gospel are going to get drowned out. So it's the exact same principle that you're talking about. But when we go through the political scale, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, if, if if we're leaning so much on the American aspect of our life and then trying to tie that in with our faith aspects, mm-hmm. that is also setting a very bad precedent for how we interact with the world because we are Christians first. Our politics are supposed to come second. So let's leave that out for a little bit. You can be politically you know, going for whatever you want, but let's kind of... Not tie that in with everything about your faith. Right. (laughs) Keep that a bit out of church. Uh, Show respect for varying opinions on regathering. So, of course, there are going to be very varying opinions. There are going to be arguments, like we just said. And so in these kind of discussions where people are asking, you know, should we enforce masks? Should we request them? Should we let people just make up their own minds uh, and risk you know, government consequences or anything like that. It's it's all kind of thing that that you have to, as leaders of the church, consider and genuinely think about from all angles and be cautious about any decisions that you make, knowing that things might have to change or be uh, readdressed as time goes on. Yeah. And let's see here. One more. Uh It says to be ready for ministry in season and out of season. So there are people who, well, this whole thing, since COVID-19 started, a lot of churches have come to realize, okay, well, we're not really set up for, you know, church only happening in someone else's house, you know, by watching a live stream or whatever. And so that is getting us all ready and prepared for these situations where, you know, it might not be safe for a lot of like older folks or mm-hmm. immunocompromised people to get out for a long time. Because, mm-hmm. again, that vaccine may never come. And even if it does come, it might not be the saving grace that we thought it was. Right. And so it's, it's possible that until herd immunity is actually reached, which could take a couple years uh, or longer if we continue to drag out the slow the spread nonsense, uh, <laughs> then... There's going to be quite a few people that just can't come to church anymore for their own safety, for their own health. And so churches need to be ready to be there for those people just as much as they are for those that are coming every Sunday uh, in a more forward-focused way, not mm-hmm. being an afterthought. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, and this is particularly important for 
like pastors and, and direct ministers because you need to remember those people and you need to go actually check in on them yeah. as if they were still attending regularly every Sunday. Uh, this this has got to be throwing havoc in like keeping church attendance and you know offerings and all that. It's got to be throwing havoc in a lot of churches. How can you even accurately gauge attendance now? You can't. <laughs> There's just no way. Even on Facebook, you can't like pull out a list of everybody that was watching. Yeah. You can see a few people if you're friends with them logged in, even if you're on like the pages account. Mm -hmm. But you can't like get a list and you can't tell of the number that changes that whole service if that's one person jumping back on and off or mm -hmm. if that's multiple different people. And how long does it how long do they have to be watching for it to count as attendance? Could they just have turned it on? Could they be scrolling and just let it play for a second without even turning the audio on? And that counts as somebody came to your church? <laughs> <laughs> I See, mean, and these are all thoughts from a media director. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I get it. I, hmm. yeah. But uh, the key thing, the ending part here for this article uh, says you need to build trust over time. This is a situation, and I and I don't mean to completely rag on everybody who's panicking or worrying that this is some sort of overreach or or. Uh, that they're putting their own health in danger by wearing masks or anything. This is a crazy time for everybody. Mm -hmm. Nobody really knows how to respond to it. And because there's been so much confusion over what's the right way to do things and what's the wrong way to do things since the beginning of this, a lot of people are having trouble trusting anybody's word for anything. Oh, yeah. And so, like, I want to have empathy for that. You know, I don't want to just come out and say, well, you're stupid because you don't believe exactly the way I believe when it could be in a month I find out, oh, well, what I believed was wrong all along. Exactly. Because the government just told me yeah. the wrong thing again. <laughs> so, you know, I don't, I don't want to be that person. Um, but what it comes to is we just we have to we have to be willing to start trusting the process, start trusting the leaders in our churches, the leaders in our community, be willing to be wrong even mm -hmm. on things, be willing to be proved wrong and not just wall up everything of everything that I believe right now in this moment is absolutely right and I'm not going to let anybody else tell me otherwise. Yeah. And in fact, I'm going to get in their faces and tell them they're wrong. We can't have that mindset all the time because, I mean, there are there are occasions when you need to speak up and you need to say something. Sure. Of course. But... If we're not willing to entertain other ideas and other studies and other thoughts and other opinions, all we're doing is stonewalling the rest of the world and building a wall around ourselves. Yeah. And we're not going to get to a place of community again if all of us are locked up in our own little brick houses we built around ourselves. Yeah. Mentally and spiritually. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing is, you know, one of the biggest signs of maturity is being able to be teachable. Mm -hmm. And so just allow yourself to be teachable. It's okay to be able to go back and say, you know what? I was wrong. I yeah. was wrong about this. And it's also okay to find out that your opinion was right and not throw it in a person's face and yeah. say, I was right. <laughs> you were wrong. Booyah. You know, that... Let's just be teachable. Let's just take a big dose of humility 
and take a step back and just allow for things to kind of play out. If I have to wear a mask when I'm in a certain place, I'm going to wear a mask. I'm just going to do my part. And that doesn't mean that anyone is controlling me. That doesn't mean that I'm being brainwashed. That doesn't mean that I'm buying into fear-mongering or that they're taking my freedoms or anything of that nature. It just simply means, you know, I'm doing my part. Yeah. That's all. I think for a big thing that we need to remember is that within your church, typically, if you're a regular churchgoer, your church has become an extended part of your family. Yeah. And we have to trust that for the most part, big picture, our family is not going to hurt us. They're not going to lead us astray. They're not going to lead us down a path that's going to result in darkness and despair. Our family is looking out for our good. Our family is looking out for what is best in the long run. And so just trusting your family, trusting your church family in the same way, they're not doing anything purposefully that's going to cause you to be in great amount of pain or danger. That's the last thing that your church family wants for any of their members. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I'm, I think for smaller churches, maybe calling some of those members that they know are going to have a, a difficult time, you know, the pastor or the leadership, just reaching out and personally calling those people and saying, hey, listen, we know that this is going to be hard. We know that this is going to be tough, but we just want you to know that this is what it's going to look like. And and we understand your opinion. We understand your, your belief. And if you feel like you can't kind of follow along with the guidelines and we're not trying to force it on you, but maybe it's just best for you to watch from home for the next couple weeks. Yeah. You know, and, as and it a all church, sucks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we get it. We, exactly. It all stink. Not knowing what the repercussions could be, you know, because mm-hmm. it's very new at this point, not knowing what it could mean for our church. I feel like as a church member, if you're not willing to wear your mask and do your part there, then doing your part means staying at home so that if for some reason the state police were to come in and say, you're not wearing a mask, the church is shut down. You know, Mm -hmm. let's do our part one way or the other. Let's either wear the mask and comply and do our part by protecting our church and not just from the virus, but protecting our church from repercussions. Yeah. If you're not going to do your part there, then do your part by staying home and watching online. And that's not coming from a hateful place at all. Yeah. You know? And that's that's another thing you just kind of touched on it there. I feel like there's a lot of church members who want their church to be the one that takes the stand yeah. against the government. Right. Which we've seen in a couple of places, but that's typically been led by, like, a pastor. You know, like, now we're going to meet or, yeah. you know, whatever. But, uh, like, if if we do that, if if – we're the church that takes the stand and we're like, all right, nobody has to wear a mask. We're not going to wear masks in here. And they do come in and they say, all right, well, you can't meet. Yeah. You know, uh, we can debate whether or not they legally have that power. But no matter what the case, even if we're going to like file a lawsuit against them to open back up again, we're still closed until that lawsuit. And exactly. You know, it's it's not a <laughs> it's not a. Uh, we can't just hold up the constitution and say, no, you can't do it. And they yeah. have to walk away with their tail between their legs. That's it's going it to be, it's going to be a, a difficult process. That's going to close the church down anyway. Yeah. Let's just, you know, this is, this is not so much of an impending freedom. Again, if it gets to the point where they're like, if you want to go to church, you have to have a microchip in your skin. That's when we can start standing up. That's mm-hmm. too far. That's over the line. Absolutely. <laughs> if, 
<laughs> when the time comes that they say all churches are closed down for the foreseeable future and there's no reason behind it, period. Right. Okay, then stand up. Right. You know, but for now, <laughs> and we know that so much of the government is non-believers. Right. You know, and so it's killing them anyway. The churches is the first place that they want to shut down. Right. They want to they want to close it all down forever. Exactly. <laughs> so for them to be being, you know, you know what you can meet, but these are the guidelines you need to follow. I'm going to follow them for now. Yeah, and everything is being presented as temporary. Yeah. Except for just like hygiene thing, social distancing. That's something that we're like those are going to need to stay permanent, but masks probably won't be permanent forever and you know, the temporary kind of shutdowns or like the no singing or all that, that's that's not permanent either. Yeah. These are temporary measures that have actual documented basis yeah. of why these need to be put in place. There are several churches, so many churches across this nation who have had outbreaks because they weren't doing what the government said right. they needed to do at that time, which again, who knows? Government could be wrong in a lot of the aspects, but these seem to make sense. Like the singing thing. I know this is apparently, you know, this was a thing in ours already. Like mm-hmm. the government said, you know, you probably shouldn't do congregational singing. Right. Apparently they just came out with that in California. Like that was something that just happened this past week. And the internet went nuts. Christian internet went nuts saying that this was, this was just the, the worst form of persecution they've ever seen. And... I'm like, but 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 th- but think about the the science behind it. Yeah. When you're singing, you are spitting so much stuff into the air. Yeah. Even with your mask on, so much more stuff into the air. And so I understand why they're hesitant to want you to sing in a public place. And for the most part, <laughs> when you consider, you know, if we're going to be six feet apart and we're going to we are going to do our part in spreading out and social distancing within the congregation, then singing is not going to be that big of a deal. Yeah. You know? Right, right, you're right. Taking you're spread the, out. Right. You're taking the measures necessary mm-hmm. in order to protect yourself and protect others. And in that case, great. Yeah. You've done what you need to do. But when you consider a church, a lot of times, and still, even though we're not as traditional as we used to be, but when you consider a church and a, the way that a church sings, you typically think about a choir, you know? True, yeah. And choirs are up there together, side by side. Shoulder there is, to shoulder. You know? And good grief, I can see why the spread would go quickly <laughs> in a choir, you know? And yeah. so I can't help but take a step back and go, I wonder if they're just equating congregational singer singing to that traditional choir Possibly, setting yeah. Yeah. you know and, and in order to just cover bases they just say no congregational singing. right because how would you differentiate that you know? right yeah like all all uh <laughs> all methodists and, and catholics you're allowed to but but presbyterians and and uh, charismatics no you can't do that yeah I don't even know if I'm getting my denominations right. Well, and then do, at that but. point, there would really be an, an outroar of why can they sing, but we can't sing, you know, just I think. Why, why can the Catholics chant, but the Baptists can't sing? What's right? going on here? I think there's more than anything what we need to learn from everything that's been happening already this year 
Hey, longest year ever. Remember January? Remember when January was great? And we had a whole year ahead of us. So everybody keeps saying it's the longest year, but truly, I feel like it has flown by. Oh, yeah. At the same time, it's gone by super quick, but that's just because all the days bleed in together. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. We are facing everything in history, everything that we've read in history books. We are living it all at once. Ugh, it's awful. You know? But I think. (laughs) I think the one thing that we can all really learn and take away is to just be a little more understanding. You know, step off of your soapbox and just kind of look around. We all heard the opinions anyway. Yeah, there's no new opinions anymore. <laughs> That's the thing. Everybody stop screaming at everybody. Every Everybody stop thinking that you're right and everyone else is wrong. And just kind of take a place of understanding and try to see it from different perspectives. I think you might be surprised at the change in heart Mm-hmm. and mind that you might start to experience if you try to be understanding. Absolutely. Empathy is the name of the game. We've been saying that a lot this year. It really is. <laughs> 2020, the word for 2020. Remember when that was the thing, like a word for the year? Yeah. We have a word for the year. It word for the empathy. year has been given to us. None of us got <laughs> to choose it this year, but it's empathy. All right. Well, coming up next. We share something that we love. We'll be back in just a few with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug as our show is coming to a close for today. But first I want to share with you something that I love. We haven't talked about this in a long time, but it's a game called Sunday School Answers. This was created by our buddy uh, Mike Mordanga um, several years ago. Like several, several years ago now. And, you know, it is a a parody of the Cards Against Humanity game, which is distinctively not Mm -hmm. (laughs) family-friendly. Sunday School Answers is a more Christian-based version, but it is still... It's it's definitely not like Jesus and Puppies, you know, where it's not fun. It's very fun uh, and can be slightly inappropriate, but not so much so that you'd feel bad about your youth kid playing it. You know what I mean? But very fun, very funny game. He's got several expansions. He's come out with a new, like, big mega pack uh, in this last year where you can get all the best cards for it, a really big box full of the best cards. Um, But I wanted to spotlight them specifically because there is another uh, Christian version of this game that has just come out, and it's getting a lot of popular push. And it is a total ripoff. Like, I understand Sunday School Answers is already a slight ripoff of the Cards Against Humanity brand. But this is a specific genre version of this game that was made. And there is another one that has come out that's getting all kinds of, like, Kickstarter backing or funding, crowdfunding backing, and big push. It's a complete ripoff. And they even stole the exact same color scheme and everything. I hate it when people and do that. And it's awful. And there's and I've talked with Mike, and there's absolutely nothing he can do about it. Because, again, his best defense is, I stole it first from Cards Against Humanity. But it is such an underhanded thing. And the reason why, I would, I would give them the benefit of the doubt that, this, that, came, that it came about genuinely. Like, they never saw Sunday School Answers or whatever. I would tend to do that under any other circumstances than the fact that I know one of the main people behind it that runs a meme account that started around the same time Back Row Baptist did. Okay. And I've seen over the years, they're really popular. They're probably the most popular meme account out there. And I'm not going to say the name, but you probably know who it is if you're into that thing. 
and I, you know, there's, there's nothing I can prove. But over the years, I have seen many, 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 even, even this year, many of my punchlines, my jokes be repurposed into their jokes and their memes. And so, again, I have no proof. And it's very possible that all those instances really were coincidences. But the more these are happening, the more I'm feeling like they're definitely not. And this guy is, again, one of the most successful Christian online comedy writer things here, like meme accounts and whatever, making all kinds of merch money. And now they got this game, which is just a total carbon copy, but funded and pushed forward in a way that just mm, rose me the wrong way. So I'm encouraging you not to buy that fake brand and go buy Sunday School Answers. Go to uh, thegamecrafter.com, search Sunday School Answers or Mild Pepper Games, and purchase that version because it's extremely fun. Also, there's a version of ours. We, we got to do a cool expansion pack, Back Row Baptist expansion pack on there as well. Uh, go check them out. Uh, I believe Love Thy Nerd is actually coming out with their own version, uh, not their own version, their own expansion pack as well for Sunday School Answers sometime this year. So check that out too. Uh, we're going to stick with Sunday School Answers, the the original ripoff <laughs> for Christians. <sighs> that was long, but I love them. Sorry. I had to defend them. Had to say something. Let's close out our show with the Bible verse for the day. Our Bible verse for the day is Colossians 2, 2, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. Thank you for joining us. There is a Back Row Morning Show every weekday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Mo and I bring you the morning side hug most of the week, and Bubba and Anna bring you church nerds every Friday. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Back Row Radio, and join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Back Row Baptist Church, by going to Back Row Baptist. If you miss a morning show, you can subscribe to the podcast version of the Morning Side Hug on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most podcast apps and catch up on our new Monday through Wednesday shows. The podcast of our Throwback Thursday episodes are reserved for our Patreon donors as well as other bonus content and incentives. If you listen to Back Row Radio and want to support the work we do, please consider partnering with us by going to backrowradio.com slash partner. Any size donation will get you our private podcast feed. That is it for the show. We'll be back tomorrow. We hope you will too. Once again, I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. Remember that Jesus loves you. Sunday School Answers is the original. (laughs) And if you see us around, we love a side hug. Bye.